Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hello, and welcome to episode 215 of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. We're here today with Dr. Gleb Sapersky, author of The Alternative to Alternative Facts, Fighting Post-Truth Politics with Behavioral Science, which is a forthcoming book in 2018. Dr. Siporsky is the founder of Pro-Truth Pledge Project and the president and co-founder of Intentional Insights. He's a professor of Decision Sciences Collaborative at Ohio State and is the author of four additional books. He is a disaster avoidance expert, and more can be found about him at glebsiporsky.com. That's G-L-E-B-T-S-I-P-U-R-S-K-Y.com. Gleb, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Jordan. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Sure, yeah, you're welcome. Glad to have you. So the first thing I'd like to ask is what are you currently doing or what have you ever done to advance the public interest and why? Oh, gosh, I've done a bunch of things, but the thing I'm most proud of is the thing I'm doing currently, which is the Pro-Truth Pledge Project. So the Pro-Truth Pledge Project is a charitable project designed to reverse the tide of lies and protect our democracy from this tide of lies and to advance the truth in our political sphere. It does so by basically getting all people who sign uh, to commit to 13 behaviors that behavioral science shows are oriented towards truthfulness. And it essentially crowdsources the truth by getting all people who sign to monitor all other participants who sign the pledge and making it public, making their monitoring public, especially public figures such as politicians who sign the pledge, radio show hosts, media, other media figures, CEOs, and so on, and then rewarding such public figures for sticking to the 13 tenets of the pro-truth pledge and calling them out when they do not, which basically changes the incentives for public figures to lie or tell the truth. Right now, unfortunately, our society is oriented toward fake news, as uh, you discussed in your a panel discussion recently. That's very unfortunate, and we really want our society to be oriented toward the truth as opposed to lies. And this pro-truth pledge changes these incentives. So what are the 13 tenets of the pledge? So for folks who are listening along, they can go to the website at protruthpledge.org, and they can check out these tenets as we go along. So one of them is, I'll strive to avoid sharing misinformation, which includes clear lies, statements that go against reliable fact-checking organizations, or the scientific consensus, even in service to a cause I believe is good. Another one is, if my information is challenged, I'll make a reasonable effort to verify that it is true before repeating it, and retract it if I cannot verify it. Another one is, I will aim to recognize the opinions of those who substantially have more expertise on a topic than myself, as likely to be more accurate in their assessments. And another one is, I'll gladly celebrate those who retract incorrect statements and update their beliefs toward the truth. So these are just nine out of 13, and all of these have been, are aligned with what behavioral science suggests are behaviors that orient toward truthfulness. So how long has this pledge been around? It's just been around over a month. So one month. How many individuals have been engaging with this platform? Oh, uh, let's see. People
people who signed the pledge have been over 600. 600 people. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, I'm interested in the impact that you're trying to have. It sounds like you're trying to create a crowdsourcing environment um, where individuals are holding each other accountable, which is somewhat the the, the, the function of the free press in the United mm-hmm. States, right? And they have millions, hundreds of millions of, of listeners on, on television uh, and, and radio and, and, and then uh, traditional uh, print media. Yeah. So I guess so. There, there. I guess the idea of journalism is we're going to take, we're going to write about what individuals are doing. I mean, where you and I are only aware of uh, such a thing as an alternative fact uh, based upon traditional media reporting mm-hmm. on Kellyanne Conway and Sean Spicer <laughs> of the White House lying about inaugural attendance at the yeah. Trump inauguration. So it's only through the media that we even become aware that there is lying going mm-hmm. on. How is your pledge different, and why do you believe you're able, your, your community of users will be able to create a sense of truth that otherwise is not forthcoming absent your pledge? Yeah, so this is a really important question. You know, why did we create this in the first place? If we look at the polls of trust in the media and fact-checkers, they've been very unfortunately deteriorating quite rapidly. In the 1970s, we had something like 70% of people trusting uh, media and, you know, and their fact-checking. By the 2000s, the number was in the 50s. Right now, trust in media and fact-checking is in the high 20s. So that means that over 70% of the American population do not trust the media. They don't trust it. They don't trust it. Uh, fact-checking. And this has been especially rapidly falling in the last year, especially among Republicans due to the lies of the Trump campaign. So trust among Republicans in the media and fact-checking has fallen by more than half from 2015 to 2016. By more than half. This is ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. and very sad and frustrating. But the situation is, the reality is that right now, People don't trust the media, and there's no way that the media can essentially regain their trust if politicians keep attacking the media as lying, because people don't know who to believe. Do they believe the politician or do they believe the media? Because of my research on behavioral science, I know how easy it is to manipulate people and how easy it is to get people to believe that the media is lying. So we need something different. We need some institution a new institution in our society that changes the dynamics, that changes the rewards and punishments, that changes the incentives for politicians, for media figures, for everyone to orient or telling the truth instead of lying, one, and second, to provide a way of credibility, a way of verifying that they're telling the truth through punishments and rewards, rewards and punishments. And we have a number of media figures who already signed the pro-truth pledge, and this helps them be more credible because they can put on their websites that, hey, I signed the pro-truth pledge, and they know that they're being monitored by people who signed the pro-truth pledge and are volunteers, advocates for signing the pro-truth pledge. We can talk about how the monitoring works. But basically, they're being monitored. So their listeners, uh, their people who are listening to them or reading the reports, know that they are being monitored, and they can trust their words 
more than they would trust the words of, you know, Joe Reporter who <laughs> hasn't signed the pro-truth pledge. This, this is basically creating an incentive for reporters, for radio show hosts, podcast hosts, other media figures to sign the pledge and be monitored because they're basically getting a bigger audience than the ones who didn't. So let's create so on, this, yeah. so on your website, Gleb, you're you're creating an online community where people will post articles or clips to uh to to I guess uh to CNN or Fox News or CBS news reports and they'll say this is wrong, this is inaccurate and, and I guess you're you're trying to create that sort of community on your website. We are creating a community on the website where people are doing they're less engaging in fact-checking than kind of calling out. They are monitoring each other and making sure that each other, that people who are part of the community are engaged in truth-oriented activity. This is a voluntary community. We're not explicitly calling out people who are lying elsewhere, who aren't part of the community, because this is a voluntary contract that people enter into. Now, uh, people who are part of the community certainly ask questions about, hey, is this article reliable? And then people who are part of the community go and they do fact-checking, they do, they do evaluation of it. Mostly it's not articles because uh, organizations like PolitiFact, FactCheck.org, Snopes, and so on, they do fact-checking. Mostly it's things like memes and other things that are not being fact-checked. So, for example, there was a recent discussion of a meme that said, something like, oh, President Trump's uh, accomplishments over uh, his presidency, and there were listed something like 20 accomplishments, and people picked it apart very thoroughly and said that, well, of these accomplishments, these are, you know, the vast majority are, ex are exaggerations or direct lies, and there are only like kind of a couple of actual factual accomplishments. These are not I'm trying to determine where that, fa where that fact-checking is going on within the community or where that dialogue is taking place because I, I guess I'm, I, I didn't see it when it was on the website. Oh, yes. Where are different individuals interacting with each other? Okay, that, that's the question. So we have a Facebook group for people who take the pro-truth pledge, then they're invited to join a Facebook group after they take the pro-truth pledge. We want only people in the Facebook group who take the pro-truth pledge who can be trusted by others. So it's an opt-in community. So people who take it then are joining the Pro-Truth Pledge Facebook group. And we plan to create other venues, but so far, you know, it's only been a month plus. So we have a Facebook group going on. Right. Okay. And, and you think that this group is going to perform a different function than, for instance, the satirical shows like The Daily Show or The Colbert Report, um, which try to... Uh, point out the or, or Bill Maher point out the absurdities of of, of certain of current events. This is going to introduce accountability in a new way. It absolutely does. Uh, first of all, it, in very many new ways. First of all, we have conservatives in this group, and not simply liberals. You know, we have conservatives who do not want Trump to lie, who don't want other conservatives to lie. This is fundamentally different from uh, liberal satirical news shows like the Colbert Report, like Saturday Night Live, like Samantha Bee, which I personally love watching. You know, my personal values are liberal, but I want to be able to sit across the table of conservatives and align with them around the truth 
as opposed to my political personal values. So, for example, mm -hmm. uh, we had a presentation. We had a presenter recently go to a Rotary Club, and Rotary Clubs are well known as kind of conservative venues of business professionals. And this was a Rotary Club in a conservative suburb of Columbus, Ohio, which is uh, Hilliard, Ohio. And Hilliard, again, conservative. It's one of those <laughs> gerrymandered districts that, you know, a conservative is pretty safe in that district. So this is a conservative uh, organization, conservative-leading organization, a conservative-leading district. And she went there, she gave a presentation, and 25% of the members of the Rotary Club signed the pro-truth pledge. And 60% of those who signed said that they want to help by volunteering their time to the pro-truth pledge movement. This is much bigger and much more potentially bigger and salient than liberal talk shows, which, you know, I like, but they're an echo chamber. They talk to their own audience. So they don't talk to people who are not, who are in that huge fraction of Americans who don't trust fact-checkers. And again, this is liberals and conservatives, but mostly conservatives who don't trust fact-checkers, who don't trust the media. This is different. This is meant to span the divide and reach out across the borders. You're also the president and co-founder of Intentional Insights. Mm -hmm. Could you elaborate on what that project is all about? Sure. That project, so the Pro-Truth Pledge project is a part of Intentional Insights. It's run by Intentional Insights. It's, the goal of Intentional Insights is to popularize the research in behavioral science for a broad audience in such a way as to increase global flourishing. So that's essentially what we do. And we have determined that right now the biggest problem in our society is in politics. That is the area of greatest rationality. That is the area where behavioral science can help the most because that is the area that causes the greatest amount of suffering and impedes flourishing for our society. So we're focusing about three-quarters of our energy on that, on the Pro-Truth Pledge Project and related activities. And related activities means the things like, let's say, going on both conservative and liberal talk shows and getting people to change their minds about uh, the facts of reality, which we can go into and how that works. But uh, we also do things like writing about how you can use behavioral science to find your meaning and purpose in life based on the research, how you can make wise financial decisions, how you can make wise decisions in your charitable giving. And the well, let's talk about some giving. of that. Sure. Uh, Gleb, you're, you have a PhD in, in behavioral science, and you mm -hmm. keep referring to the use of behavioral science mm -hmm. in order to create a sense of truth yeah. uh, in society. Could you elaborate on how you're using, what insights behavioral, is behavioral science providing um, to the discussion about truth and the correlation between lives and democracy? Sure. So I have a PhD in the history of behavioral science which combines uh, behavioral science is a loose term, it combines a number of disciplines. This includes psychology, behavioral economics, cognitive neuroscience, and so on. So it's a cross-disciplinary field. And it basically has to do with how we as human beings make our decisions to reach our goals. And so in order to make good decisions, we need to evaluate reality accurately, have a truthful evaluation of reality, essentially. That's what truth is about, an accurate evaluation of reality. So it's very, very fundamentally uh, salient to politics as well as the other life areas. And here are some areas where we go into 
where uh, behavioral science provides some really deep insights about how we function as human beings. It shows that we don't accept truth when we're handed facts with our brains. Don't tend to accept truth when we're handed facts that go against our ideology. So our ideology for most people tends to preclude us, prevent us from orienting toward the truth. And uh, so let's say if somebody believes that Hillary Clinton is an honest person, then they would tend to not uh, believe that she lied in any certain situation, even though credible fact checkers would say that she lied. For example, there is clear evidence that she did not land under sniper fire in Bosnia, unlike she claimed in 1998 trip. But there are so many uh, Democrats who believe she did. And it's very unfortunate that they believe that, but it's true that they believe that, despite the fact that uh, all credible fact checkers show that she didn't. Now, on the other hand, you know, the same thing happens with conservatives. We have plenty of conservatives who, let's say, uh, the majority of conservatives, Republicans, believe that Trump won the popular vote in the 2016 election, despite the fact that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by nearly 3 million. Most conservatives, uh, some of the latest statistics I saw was that only 24% of conservatives believe that Trump's firing of Kony had to do with the Russia investigation. Only 24%. That's ridiculous and sad, but that's the case. So people are not willing to believe the truth because of our, the way that our brains are wired. They are not willing to believe the truth when it, uh, when it opposes their ideological values. Now, research shows that in order to get people to believe the truth, it really helps to have them commit to truth-oriented behaviors in advance of hearing any information that might cause them emotional triggering. So getting people to commit to the 13 tenets of the pro-truth pledge by getting them to commit emotionally to these tenets to really hold them, they are much more likely to accept information that goes against their beliefs, but is accurate. So that is how, that is an important time. We can talk about a variety of aspects of this, but that's the well, fundamental you, aspect, answer to your you, question. You mentioned if they commit to a truth-oriented behavior prior to learning of news, yes. so that you, you use that truth-oriented behavior as signing your pledge, yes. then they will be more likely to accept truth even if it runs counter to their own ideology. Yes. The question is, who is the arbiter of truth? It sounds like you're crowdsourcing sure. truth, so you're saying there's wisdom in, in groups and that if a majority of people agree on something, then it must be true. And of course, well, in that case, I would, I would bring the, into, into, into the historical example of a flat earth or chronology, sure, sure. The, the association between personality and bumps in your skull and many <laughs> other instances of, of falsehoods that were widely believed as true across society. Definitely. So here it's, uh, we have on the Pro-Truth Pledge website clear definitions of what we uh, talk about when we mean truth. One thing is clear lies, and these are things that we can all accept. You know, Right now it's not August. Right now, it's May, and if I said it's August, we'd all agree that I'm lying. So that's a lie. The other thing is credible fact-checking organizations. So that's the second thing, the credible fact-checking organizations. We can talk about what those are, but that's the second determinant of truth. The third one is 
the scientific consensus. Science is the best thing, method that we as human beings have invented of figuring out what is true. So if there is a scientific consensus on a topic, we consider it true. So all of this, uh, so the community of people who are engaged in the pro-truth pledge use these resources to help each other figure out what's true. For example, so let's make this I, yeah. concrete for a second. So the sure. current administration doesn't believe in the existence of global warming, Correct. yet uh, there is scientific consensus that there is man-made global warming. Correct. I guess how do you and 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 then fact-checking organizations have have agreed there is global warming. Yep. And yet many uh, supporters of the current administration would say that they that, that they don't believe that there is man-made global warming and therefore they're falling into the trap that you said mentioned earlier that they can't accept truth that runs counter to their, their own ideology so yes. so how do you reconcile that situation where you have all of the arbiters of truth on one side and then you have individuals on the other side denying those arbiters of truth because it runs counter to their own ideology yes this is the fundamental problem that we started this conversation with that most uh, people, so many people don't accept the truth because, it runs, you know, and we have a lower, lower over time belief in credible fact-checking organizations and arbiters of truth. Right now it's in the high 20s. Well, fortunately, people who join the pro-truth pledge community can trust that all people in the pro-truth pledge community accept these arbiters of truth. And so people who don't accept these arbiters of truth will simply not be part of the pro-truth pledge community. So if you want to have a healthy conversation, you know, so many people have debates online uh, that are just flame wars. They're essentially arguing with each other and so on. Now, if you want to have a healthy conversation with someone you know is going to be oriented toward the truth, conservative or liberal, you come to the pro-truth pledge community and you say, hey, let's have this conversation. You know that all the people there will be using the same sources of information that you are. We even have a website, specific uh, search engine, specifically created that only searches credible fact-checking organizations and so on uh, that are really reliable. And so people in the current administration who, who don't believe in human-made global cause, global warming, will not sign the pledge, and that's fine. Then they're going to be the people who are against truth, not pro-truth. And that's mm -hmm. something we want to be able to show to people, that, hey, these are people who are against truth, not for truth. So what is, you mentioned earlier um, that you're working to reverse a tide of lies. Yes. So could you elaborate on the correlation between lies and democracy? Uh, mm -hmm. What is the role of truth in the maintenance of a healthy democracy? So research shows that when democracy, and there are plenty of democracies that have converted to authoritarian states. We saw that recently in Russia, which converted from a democratic state to an authoritarian state about a decade ago, uh, just over, just less than a decade ago when Putin took power, and what's happening right now in Turkey that's going from a democratic state to an authoritarian state. It happened earlier in Spain, Portugal, Italy, Germany, and so on, a number of states. So what happens in these states and America is no exception, it just didn't happen in the United States yet. So what happens in these states is that a leader comes to power who practices lies and deceptions. This leader, um, in all the historical cases it has been a he, this leader uh, takes, uh, attacks the media, so that's a very typical thing, 
and tax experts and posits himself as the only source of truth and reality. Uh, so only source of truth in society. This leader also typically attacks the election process and manipulates the election process to make sure that he keeps getting elected or his uh, followers, like close associates, keep getting elected like Putin and Medvedev in Russia. So we see that happening in the United States right now. We see uh, the current president attacking the media. He's been attacking them for a long time. This is a major reason why trust among conservatives in the media has dropped by more than half in the last year, uh, and from 2015 to 2016, probably more now. And so we have this, we have the current president attacking the election process, basically saying that, oh, he got more popular votes than Hillary Clinton, despite what the election says, and attacking currently the, uh, he has an investigation headed by the vice president saying that uh, the election process, basically looking into the election process and kind of trumping up some fake evidence, I'm probably about the investigation, about the election so process being corrupted. So, uh, Gleb, I appreciate you elaborating on the role of truth in our democracy. Unfortunately, we are coming to a close of this episode. So mm-hmm. ask, I'd like to ask you a final question, which is to elaborate on your motivations for advancing mm-hmm. the public interest and what you hope the long-lasting effects will be at the close of your career. I really hope the long-lasting effects of my career will be to advance a commitment to create a social contract where we all commit to truth in our public discourse. You know, the environmental movement started in the 1970s to identify the problem of the pollution of clean air and water. Before that, people didn't really care so much about clean air and water. And right now, we have the pollution of truth in our politics as a huge problem. And I'd like to start a movement that's similar to the environmental movement, a pro-truth movement, to get people to commit to truth and politics through the institution of the pro-truth pledge using the best research on what were the successful methods of the environmental movement. And we're using that with the pro-truth pledge movement. I'd like to end with a question for you, Jordan. Will you take the pro-truth pledge? Right. Uh, Sounds like an interesting idea Um, and uh, uh, certainly interested in the community that uh, is, is uh, working to create more truth in this world. So, um, Gleb, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for having me on. And that has been uh, Gle- Dr. Gleb Sapersky, the author of The Alternative to Alternative Facts, Fighting Post-Truth Politics with Behavioral Science, founder of the Pro-Truth Pledge Project, president and co-founder of Intentional Insights, a professor at Ohio State and author of four books, who speaks about reversing a tide of lies and creating uh, truth with a capital T, to which all individuals, regardless of ideology, can subscribe. He believes that deception, corruption, and authoritarianism are all linked together, and that by using uh, behavioral science uh, linked to social and emotional intelligence, he can create a society in which deception no longer has a place in politics, that lies are banished and that truth reigns supreme and in such a way he hopes that uh, society individuals in society can hold elected officials accountable and take control of their own democracy and their own communities 
uh, moving forward. So, uh, Gleb, I appreciate you joining us today. I really appreciate being on. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This has been another episode of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe on publicinterestpodcast.com and on iTunes. Leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and listen on Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, Blueberry, Player FM, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Should you wish to comment on this episode, you're welcome to leave a voicemail at 240-630-0380. And the first three minutes of that voicemail may be played in future episodes of Public Interest Podcast. Should you wish to support the podcast, you're welcome to leave a contribution in an amount that you feel comfortable with at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.